This is Dr. Kate Walker reminding you that I am not that kind of doctor. Not only that, I'm not a CPA and I am not an attorney. Laws change all of the time, so Texas counselors creating badass businesses should never be construed as legal advice. Always check with your trusted professionals. Now, let's get to work. Welcome to Texas Counselors Creating Badass Businesses, where it's all about working smarter, not harder. And here's your host, Dr. Kate Walker, who puts even her own children on Do Not Disturb. Hi, I'm Dr. Kate Walker. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about three essential elements every supervisor should have, and it's also a great way that you can compare 40-hour training courses if you're in the market. So let's get going. What I want to get into the meat of today, though, is what you need when you're comparing supervision courses, or if you're a new supervisor and you didn't take my training, here are the oranges. These I love oranges. Here are the things I believe that the systems you must have in place to mitigate any liability as a supervisor. Okay, so the first one obviously is the interview. And if you came to my webinar, How to Hire Right the First Time, I talked a lot about growing graduate students into LPC associates who can then become fully licensed colleagues. So I'm not gonna go over that too much. You know, anybody can interview beautifully right? They can look at you and say the right things. Now, I want you to add to that folks who are trained to lean forward, give you eye contact, nod, mm-hmm, right? That's who we're interviewing, folks. We are interviewing people who are trained interviewers. That's what counselors do. We interview people. We talk to people. We make them feel comfortable, right? So it's entirely possible that the post-grad student that you are interviewing to be your new associate interviews beautifully, but then is a lousy LPC, LPC associate for you. Because if they're brand new, they can't get their associate license without your signature, right? So this isn't even an associate yet. They're coming to you, you're interviewing them. Once you all sign the paperwork, then they can submit to the board to become an associate, get that associate license. That's not quite the same, of course, if they're transferring. If they're transferring, then y'all are good to go. So check out that replay about hiring right the first time and how bringing on grad students is sometimes the best way to vet and assure that you're getting someone that you can trust. Um, Okay, so the next part then is the contract. Here's one thing an excellent supervisor course should provide you with, and a working contract. Not just a working contract, but a working contract that is up to the minute with the latest rules. In my 40-hour training, we give some templates, but those templates are like 15, 20 years old. So folks who just turn in the template Ooh, they got a lot of learning to do, right? They've got to go through and they've got to update things like 
instead of weekly supervision, change it to four hours a month. And I want to know what happens if uh, your supervisee no shows you. What are you going to charge them? What do you do? How do you break it to them that they didn't get four hours in their month and now they've lost all of their direct hours for that month? Your contract is where the relationship starts. If you have a lousy contract and then later on you're trying to break some bad news to your supervisee, that can really negatively impact that relationship. And that's the most important thing when it comes to supervision, because you don't want a supervisee who's going to hide things from you and do all kinds of, of kind of shady stuff because they are trying to get away with it, right? Because they don't trust you or because somehow along the way, you were like, oh, you know that contract I had you sign? Yeah, it was super old. But what I should have told you was, oh, you've lost all your hours for the month. I'm so sorry. So what time are we meeting next week? And oh, by the way, you owe me $300, right? So the contract is where the relationship starts. It's where the transparency starts. I'm Dr. Kate Walker, and this episode is brought to you by the 40-hour training to become a supervisor in Texas. Not just any training, but the Kate Walker 40-hour LPC LMFT supervisor training completely online. It's the only all-in-one 40-hour LPC LMFT supervisor training course and community designed to grow your skill set and give you more research-based resources all in less then 30 minutes a day. No bots, no BS, just a great course to get you up to supervisor. The Kate Walker Training 40-Hour LPC LMFT Supervisor Training Course. Check it out. So if you take a 40-hour training that doesn't help you with a contract, that's a problem. Or if they just say, yeah, do a contract, and then they never give you feedback, red flag. Now, it's too late if you've already paid your money, but I would definitely ask the question as you're shopping for courses, hey, what kind of a contract do I come out of this course with, right? It's like our marketing lessons, right? What do I get when I take your course? Well, I know at Kate Walker Training, our 40-hour training, you will leave with a working contract that we have gone over with a fine tooth comb and we'll give you comments and then we make you present it via technology. Now, not with your face or anything. We just want you to talk us through the changes that you made because that's how important it is. That's how important that contract is. So we've got the common misconceptions, the hiring. Number two is the contract. Number three, you're going to think that I actually crammed in four things and called it three systems. But I think of this as one system. And it starts with the orientation. And I love this. So if you were ever a Sesame Street kid, I was a Sesame Street kid, an electric company and, and all of those. There was a song about the ending, T-I-O-N, shun, right? Shun, 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 shun. And they would talk about pollution and all the shun words. Well, that's kind of what this is. So go with me. I don't know what it's called when it's not alliteration, but it's not quite rhyming either. Anyway, I digress. Orientation, evaluation, remediation, termination. I call this one system because I truly believe if one piece of this is missing, it's not a system anymore. So if you're trying to evaluate, but you've never done an orientation, 
that's a problem. If you're trying to remediate someone, but you've never evaluated them, that's a problem. If you fire someone without remediating them first, you're actually breaking an LPC rule and that is liable, that, that is sanctionable. So I believe these four things, I teach these four things as one system, okay? So the contract done, signed, everybody's happy, LPC associate gets their LPC associate license. It is live on the BHEC website. Everybody's happy. Now it's time to train, orient your supervisee, your new LPC associate to your practice. I don't care if you're in an agency and they have to go through a three-day training for the agency. You put them through an orientation for how you supervise. Okay, so you're going to teach them all of the things in the contract. Why? Because nobody reads the contract. They're just trying to get a supervisor. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. And they sign their name. Orientation is where you take that contract piece by piece and you explain in a way that they hear you. This is what happens if you no show me. This is how much I charge you. This is what happens if you don't learn the skills and, pr and proceed developmental, uh, developmentally through my valuation process. This is what happens, okay? So the orientation is about consequences. It's also where if you do own your own practice and you've hired your LPC associate as a W-2, and if you wanna know the difference in that, go back to the higher right episode, right? Go look at that when I talk about W-2 and 1099. Then you're going to also do an orientation where you introduce them to your policy and procedures, right? Administrative supervision, that's things like where I should park. Do you want me to tuck in my shirt? How, where's the key so I can lock the door at the end of the day? Clinical orientation is what do I do if my client threatens me during a session? What do I do if I just can't get this Rogerian theory down and I fail my second evaluation with you? Clinical skills, administrative skills, and never the two shall cross, right? In your orientation, that's where you explain how you keep those separate. Now, yes, of course, there are times they cross over. In fact, one of my uh, students in the 40-hour training I just read an amazing role play yesterday where the clinical supervisor said, well, why did you break agency policy and talk to this potential client before the lead therapist did? And I was like, uh-oh, that's administrative. And then the student worked it into a boundary situation. She explained in her role play how this supervisee had struggled with boundaries. So it wasn't really about breaking policy and procedures. It was about this supervisee needed help with the countertransference that was leading to uh, the boundary issue, right? So it was, it was a wonderful role play, but your orientation is where you start that delineation of this is the administrative part, this is the clinical part, this is how I run my supervision practice. I like to put in my orientation books that I want my supervisee to read. Uh, emergency procedures if somebody has a heart attack, uh, CPR, right? And I have a YouTube video on that. I need to redo it. I need to kind of update it a little bit. But you can go to my YouTube channel and you can see 
Uh, there are resources there, and I will add some to this as well. But resources, anything like that goes in your orientation. All right, evaluation. I truly believe and I teach that you should give, and I call them paper and pencil evaluations because I'm old school, but however you want to do that, just as long as there is an archive, I'm sorry, there's an artifact. You want there to be something you can file away documenting your supervisee's progress. Now, if you are in my Texas Supervisor Training Facebook page, if you go to my monthly live consultation groups, we talk a lot about instruments to evaluate our supervisees. So if you have orientation, right, this is where you teach the skill, and then evaluation, where your supervisee has an idea of where they exceeded expectations, met expectations, or failed to meet expectations, then when you get to the piece where, oh my gosh, I've taught you this three times, you're still not getting it, inside I want to fire you, but I know LPC code says I must remediate, so here's the thing, I'm going to design a remediation plan for you, and here are the things it will address. Go back to the evaluation, right? It's right there in your evaluation, exactly the items, the specific measurable trackable things this supervisee failed to meet expectations for. So when you remediate, you can say, hey, I need you to read this book by this date. I need you to write a paper by this date. I need you to get three CEs in this skill by this date. If they don't get it done, then we go to the next thing, which is termination, right? Now, if you terminate your supervisee, you have so much documentation, the orientation where you taught it, the evaluation where you measured it, the remediation plan where you retaught it. And finally, if you're just at the point where, hey, dude, I I've taught you this. Now it's making me liable, you liable, not to mention your clients uh, are, are not in a good space. I'm worried about them. You're going to have to go find another supervisor. I'm firing you. You have met every qualification or criteria that would potentially come against you. So for example, if you fire a supervisee without remediating, they file a complaint against you. They are in the right. You should have remediated them unless they did something egregious. And I just attended a great presentation by Kenda Dalrymple, amazing attorney out of Austin, Texas, who reminded us in the Texas Supervisor Coalition consultation group that if someone does something egregious, if they're jeopardizing your license, if they're jeopardizing their clients, then absolutely terminate them. And if they do file a complaint, you'll have lots and lots of good documentation to show your concerns were warranted and your abrupt or immediate termination was warranted. If you get rid of your supervisee and they and you did remediate them, now you have all this documentation. So yes, it's still time and money and stress. But when you show up for the complaint hearing, you're like, here, this is what I did. They're like, oh, okay, never mind. Next. So this system, orientation, evaluation, remediation, and termination, isn't just for firing your supervisees. It's for graduating them, right? When you sign off on those hours, if you have done this, 
you are going to feel so confident in their skill set, right? There won't be any question that you are just completely confident that they can do a great job as an LPC. All right. So let's talk about what we talked about. We went through the systems you must have, uh, your interview, your contract, and then our shuns, right? Orientation, evaluation, remediation, and termination. I am Dr. Kate Walker. I'm so glad you joined me today. Have a great day. I'm Dr. Kate Walker, and this episode is brought to you by the 40-Hour Training to Become a Supervisor in Texas. Not just any training, but the Kate Walker 40-Hour LPC LMFT Supervisor Training, completely online. It's the only all-in-one 40-Hour LPC LMFT Supervisor Training course and community designed to grow your skill set and give you more research-based resources all in less than 30 minutes a day. No bots, no BS, just a great course to get you up to supervisor. The Kate Walker Training 40-Hour LPC LMFT Supervisor Training Course. Check it out.